Hi friend, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm a little bit excited to talk to you about this week. As you are aware, the regulations, the new regulations came in and wasn't that all a bit of a shock and still is really because we don't have the answers that we need just yet to really get to the bottom of understanding exactly how this is going to play out in family daycare. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I wanted to take this opportunity to recognise <laughs> that I think educators will be coming to some decision-making processes for some of you. Some of you are going to decide that this is just getting all too much for you um, you're burnt out from the last few years you just don't have the patience or the tolerance for this kind of shenanigans any longer and you might choose to bow out and that's a really unfortunate consequence of departmental what I perceive as departmental overreach and total lack of common sense and and transparency uh, and for others you're probably going to have the thought process of no way Jose uh, I've fought for the last years through COVID and these silly new regulations are not going to take take me away from what I love to do it is to you that I am wanting to speak to because I know there's a lot of you because I've been getting messages from you who are like what do I do like I know I've got to follow policy but this feels like it's really restrictive to me now and I hear you I, I totally hear you and I completely understand and 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 get it I, I honestly really really get it so what I want to talk to you today about is how you've got to knuckle down now we've got to really just decide how we're going to make this work we've got to decide that yep I'm in this for the long haul and there's always a way through no matter what and you just need a little bit of guidance now and guess what I'm here to give it to you so strap yourself in we're going to have a lovely conversation it's going to be so much fun and I hope to give you loads and loads and loads of really great ideas and things that you can implement hello hello and welcome to the big hearted podcast my name is victoria edmund and i am your host our aim here at the big hearted podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centered educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in australia and ultimately around the world we want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here the big hearted podcast okie dokie here we are back in the hot seat that is the big hearted podcast so i am really excited to share with you some ideas and some things that i have 
um, been teaching for a long time now uh, in family daycare, within family daycare. Um, and these, a lot of these principles and ideas are actually in the Essential Elements course. So it's not new stuff. This is stuff that I've been sharing for a long time, but I feel like it's really, really relevant now. Uh, so I want to talk about structure and freedom and how there can actually be a balance between the two. And in fact, when you have structure in place, it actually allows for more freedom. And I know there will be some educators out there that will be pushing against this and be like, but a child-led curriculum, blah, 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 blah. What actually happens when you have a bit of structure and you have the right balance of intentional teaching and child-led play, it actually allows for more development of child-led play for the children. Um, but it also acknowledges that you as the educator have requirements to meet intentional teaching and to be able to document that intentional teaching. So being able to have a bit of structure to your day, particularly now as we have to meet these requirements that may see educators having to drastically change their sleep environments and how they structure their day in order to be able to be compliant and meet everybody's needs at the same time. So you can see why I thought this might be a really valuable conversation and discussion uh, for us to have. So let's define structure and freedom and how that can look within an early education setting. Now I call this uh, ebb and flow in the essential elements and what that essentially talks about is this idea of in-breathing and out-breathing. So when we look at rhythm versus routine um, they are two very different things and I guess it will look like freedom and structure so structure and routine can often be uh, classified as rigid no change it's it's regimented it happens at the same time every day um, uh, in the same way and uh, it's it's not moving uh, there's there can be resistance to it. It can be putting you in a box, like all these kinds of things. When we talk about rhythm, there is, and this is exactly what ebb and flow is, is that there is, <clears throat> excuse me, opportunity and ability to make things go faster or slow things down. When we look at rhythm, it is inherent within our life. It's inherent within nature. The sun comes up every day and it goes down every day. Does that happen at the exact same time? No, it does not. So this is that idea of rhythm and throughout the year, there's different seasons and different rhythms within the seasons, which we come to really rely upon morning and get yourself ready and what you will be noticing is the difference in when the sun gets up uh, so in winter time you'll obviously be up in the dark and in summertime the sun will already, already be rising or even risen already by the time you get the gym at six o'clock or whatever so but what that does is we we as humans sense of safety and security so children are no different so when we look at uh, setting up our day having the right balance of ebb and flow 
and structure or freedom and structure is vitally important. So when we're talking about this in terms of child-led, what we can do is we use this in-breathing and this out-breathing as a way to assist children in that flow of the day. So what what used to happen when children would arrive to my care we would have this out breathing like that it would be creative play they're just doing whatever they're doing in the morning while we wait for all of their friends to arrive and then we would do this in breathing moment where I would ask them to come to the mat and we would have a gathering circle I would share uh, songs, um, seasonal songs with the children and we would build these up as the season went along. Uh, these included whole body movements, these included crossing the midline movements. This is designed specifically to connect children into their bodies and wake their brain up. Uh, so many children come into the care setting um, chronically overslept overstimulated by use of device before they even get to kindy um, potentially poor food choices which are high in sugar and carbohydrates which send them on and up and then there's that inevitable crash that happens so the morning gathering circle and i know a lot of educators uh, there's a bit of a movement to say that the morning circle is a bit outdated and and I would agree and also disagree and I think there is a massive place for a gathering and connection circle in the morning because you check in where everybody's at and you touch base with everybody and that can help set the tone of the day. If someone's had a difficult morning, having that gathering time where they have an opportunity to be heard um, is a really powerful uh, moment. I talked about that on the summit with Dave Jerob. Those moments of connection are vitally important and can shift the trajectory of a day for the child and for you too. So I think we shouldn't throw the bathwater out or throw the baby out with the bathwater and ditch these some of these ideas. And in fact, I would go so far as to say that we probably need to go back to a little bit of the old school methodology that used to happen when I was in kindy um, back in the day. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that now. But back in the day, uh, when education was about connection and there weren't all these stupid rules and things in place that are just so over the top now. Um, but we can bring that back in and we have the ability to do that with consciousness and awareness and looking at how we can define these things within our services and really make for positive impact for you the educator and I always advocate that you are happy in this first because when you are happy and centered and content in what you're doing that automatically flows over to the children and the families as well so this was what I really wanted to share in terms of that ebb and flow and that rhythm and that routine and that in breathing so when we have those morning connection circles that's an in breathing moment yes there is an expectation that children will join into the capacity that they're able. So joining in may be a child sitting on the other side of the room with their back to us. However, we can see that the level that that child is engaged is they're not running around the room crazy like. They're taking things in, but in a way that's um, easier for them to assimilate. 
So that may be having their back to the room, but they're sitting still and they're quiet and they're not disruptive. That's that's mint. And I would never disturb that because that child will eventually, in a way that is um, meaningful to them, join in with you. And quite often I've had children do that in the past and it's later in the day I'll hear them singing our morning circle songs and I know that it's going in there's that gentle allowing them to participate in a way that's meaningful for them um, and then other children of course uh, and I talk about the personality types the sanguine children who are bubbly and and vivacious and people like me uh, are quite happy to jump in and be completely involved so you, you do get those opposite ends of the scale and you also have the little children the little children will quite often want to be involved and they will join into the capacity at which they're able. So sometimes they can't talk yet, but they will do the actions. And or if they can't do the actions, they'll just be watching and really enjoy being part of things. So creating that that in-breathing moment means that children are expected to behave in a certain way. And it's not for 25 minutes, it may be for five or 10 minutes. And this, this gentle process gets longer and longer as the season progresses. So it's not straight away we're up there doing 15 songs. We might start with three or four songs and then that's it. And then a, a connection, how is everybody, you know, where are you at today? Is there something you want to share? Um, is there something you want us to know kind of thing? And then we go off to wash hands and then it's morning tea time. So that is definitely an in-breathing moment where the children are expected to hold themselves. And an in-breathing moment is always followed with an out-breathing moment. So we've had the out-breathing moment when they've arrived. There's that creative play. We have the in-breathing moment where we have morning connection circle and morning tea. And then after morning tea, it's back to creative-led play. So the children are doing whatever it is that they want to do. Then there may be another brief moment where you do another in-breathing, where you can be doing your intentional teaching, or you might have an activity for the day that you want to explore with the children. And in those in-breathing moments, again, they're expected to listen to instructions, to follow instructions, all those things that we're helping them get ready for moving on to school so that recess readiness helping them to be able to listen to be able to follow instructions to be able to ask for help ask questions all those sorts of things so that really occurs in those in breathing moments and then again we have an out breathing moment before we get ready for lunch which is in breathing and then we have another out breathing moment which you might think a rest time is an in breathing actually an out breathing process because children will often and this is where I get a little bit woo woo but children's consciousness and awareness quite often leaves their physical body so they go into that dreamland and that is an out breathing it's creative uh, when you're in that dream space it requires a tremendous amount of trust for children to fall into being able to sleep so they have to feel safe wherever they are. In order to feel safe is when you can have that relaxation and that out breathing in that sleep period. So um, this is all about that ebb and the flow and educators would be wise to set their day up 
where children have that chance to have that in-breathing and that out-breathing and that in-breathing and that out-breathing and following that pattern because it's how we inherently work. Your heart will pump and then it will push and then it will pump and then it will push. Your lungs fill up, expand, and then they empty and they contract. Um, what what else happens? Uh, we follow the cycle of the moon as women, and and we're not all on the same cycle. But we our uterus fills up, and then our uterus empties. Uh, the peristaltic wave too. Our colon and our bowels fill up, and then they empty. So this happens inherently, and it is a um, when that flow is interrupted, that's when we fall into disease. So this, we are wired to need to know what's coming next. We are wired for it. And children really respond um, and feel safe and secure when they know what's coming next. Now, this is where that idea of rhythm really comes into play because when you uh, do vigorous exercise, your heart beats faster, your lungs, you breathe faster. Uh, sometimes your cycle is not always going to be that exact 28 days. When you hit perimenopause, you will know that <laughs> because sometimes, unfortunately, some women will bleed for three weeks. Other times they will miss four periods and then whammo, they're back on it again. But it continues to happen until that cycle resolves itself and it comes to an end. Um, so that's the same with all cycles within our world. Uh, natural within the um, natural environment that we live in within our own physical bodies and um, often within a lot of the things the way that we work too so we have that cycle of planning in our services and all those sorts of things so that ebb and that flow that sorry I'm just having a drink that structure and that freedom when we have the right balance of structure we can allow for more freedom when we have that right balance of structure and when we as educators know what's coming and when it's coming and what's coming after that it actually gives us a lot more brain space and capacity to be able to be more present in the moment so this is going to be really beneficial to educators when they have to make adjustments and changes to um you know sleep processes and practices that they have in their own environments and it's it's important that you get a grasp on this because it's going to really help you to be able to um, balance the benefits and and really assess the challenges that you're going to face through it throughout the next couple of months as these um, these new processes and regulations are fully interplayed within our services so you know how can you find that balance between structure and freedom to enhance the learning experience for children well that's looking at your rhythm of the day that's looking at how you do things and i think now more than ever with these new requirements we are being called to have a daily rhythm that children can rely on because that's going to assist you to be able to work with the younger children and the older children at the same time so it allows you to read the room so to speak so you can really see when children are struggling you know you might have to have a day where the big children are tetchy and they're grumpy and something's happening oh that's right it's windy and the children are wild 
and they're all out of sorts and so you pull your rest time earlier so knowing that these things can happen and having things in place like really great transitions and things like that can really help you to guide the children without having to tell them exactly what to do and and that's that's a real positive to having that structure and freedom and having that really great balance because when you need to you can pull it in and then when it's all going really well you can be a lot more relaxed about it so practical implementation that looks like you having an idea and looking at your rhythm and and these in breathing out breathing moments and really getting clear as to which order they should go and and what you should put in place because i tell you this when you do this and you have conscious awareness around it it transforms the way that your day your week your month your season your year flows and it really can help you as an educator to be able to uh, manage behaviors and really then start to go oh you know those children don't like when they make their bed and then have to get in it like how can i adjust and have a bit of flexibility around this i need to make my bed before i need to make the beds before we go to lunch so it allows you to be reflective of to the, in those sticky areas within your service and it gives you opportunity to be able to change things and make adjustments as required so um it helps you to know what are those tricky areas and to be able to put things in place to make them a lot more seamless and stress-free because that's the obvious aim of the game um, educators are being discouraged at the moment as it stands as of the 4th of october we haven't heard any different um, to avoid doing documentation this is the recommendations in the red nose information that educators should avoid administrative tasks while children sleep like i just think that's so ridiculous but until we have it from the department that that is acceptable and that they will not be following that particular recommendation that is what we have to do uh, and you can go and read that if you look up um, red nose family daycare guidelines if you google that it'll come up with the family daycare information and it says it in black and white educators should avoid doing administrative tasks while supervising sleeping children so that means that you have to be able to look at that and go well i'm obviously not going to do all of my documentation outside of my work hours so where do i have wiggle room within my day to prioritize that because that is an essential part of the work that i need to do and i'm still required to do it so it allows you when you have structure in place as i said before it gives you more freedom to have movement within your day because you know Areas that you can shorten or you can spend more time in the things that you can remove for that particular day or add in or whatever it is but it gives you a much broader overview of your day and running it so that it works for you so it requires a level of reflection on your behalf too it also requires a level of continuous commitment you can't just try this for two weeks and go, oh, it doesn't work. 
like you've really got to give yourself at least three to six months to implement this idea if it's all new to you. Some of you will be sitting here going, sing it, sister. This is exactly what I used to do and I'd stopped doing it for some reason. No idea why, but I stopped doing it. Uh, This is how I used to do things. I can go back to that because when I look back, I was much more calm and relaxed and really engaged and enjoyed my work a lot more. So it gives you opportunity to reflect and to foresee things that are going to come and to really give yourself rela- like freedom within your day to day. So you might, you know, at the end of this year, you're going to say farewell to a cohort of children and you'll be welcoming new children in, um, in next, in the next year, in the new year. So it gives you the opportunity to go, okay, I'm actually going to take X, Y, and Z out of my program for the first two months. All I'm going to do, all I know I'm going to have space and time to do is to settle these new children in. Um, that's going to give you the opportunity to then go okay for the summer season christmas in that last that last month of the year is always a write-off because the children and i are packing up cleaning up um, really giving our environment a beautiful clean so that it's at the end of the year it's all done and dusted it's all ready to go and I'm tidying up any portfolios. If you do portfolios, you, 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 some educators will be making gifts for families and children as they move on. And like there's this hive of activity that happens at the end of the year. And it's a write-off. The entire December month is a complete and utter write-off. And then you come into January, you've likely had some time off. Hopefully you've had some time off. If you have done the profitable FDC course with me, you will have had money put aside for you to have a paid holiday. So you've had some time off. Maybe you've had two, sometimes three weeks off. And then all of a sudden you've got one or two weeks left of January and then February. So that whole last six weeks of summer, you are likely settling new children and getting to know new families and things like that. So knowing that that's coming up, as you're doing your forward planning and as you're preparing these sorts of things, you take that into consideration. So it allows that reflection and then you know that that's going to happen every year. So then really you're looking at the next nine months and going, okay, I've got to try and pack in, you know, whatever I want to achieve this year in this nine month period. So it allows for you to be adaptable. And this is what we really need to be able to do so that when changes like these occur, we have some skills and some strategies up our sleeves to be able to uh, make the most of them and to have it come into our service with the least amount of disruption possible. That's because we've got structure, we've got freedom, we've got reflection, and we've got um, adaptability there. So I really hope that that's given you some insight and some ideas and different perspectives and ways to look at how you can help yourself be, you know, future-proofing your business. Because when you have these things in place, you don't need to get caught up in the, oh my gosh, what's that going to look like? How is that going to feel? And of course, if like I've just touched on one module in the essential elements 
and and you know the essential elements has like 144 videos in total in it so each module has four talking points and each talking point has four separate videos in it so we go right into depth into this and of course you get the beautiful workbooks that come um, the keepsake workbooks that you'll refer back to for years and years and years to come uh, with all the notes and information so you can look at um, how to set up your rhythm and how to talk to families about that the importance of it and we go right deep right 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 deep into um, the topic of ebb and flow and how that can work for you so um, doors are opening for the essential elements on the oh you'd think i'd know wouldn't you i do know i promise i do know they open on october the 30th and they close on the 3rd of november so the last week in october um, is when essential elements doors open so uh, i'm really excited to invite and welcome a whole lot of new educators into the essential elements course and community because we are a fabulous community the conversations that we're having in there and the support that we give each other is just so incredible and it's such a fabulous community to be a part of so if this has intrigued you um, i'm excited to let you know that the waitlist is open and there will be um, bonuses for those who jump on the waitlist doors will open uh, 48 hours before the actual official launch so if you're on the waitlist and you just know that this is the course for you and you want to jump in there are some bonuses that will come to you for taking rapid action anyway my friends uh, I hope this finds you well I hope it gives you some food for thought and uh, helps you along the way um, and of course if you don't want to jump into the essential elements too that's totally cool and you are more than welcome to just keep hanging out and uh, or watching from the sidelines uh, it's it's absolutely okay but uh, in the inner circle in the inner group it is pretty fun so anyway my friendly friends have a beautiful day and i look forward to seeing you around very very soon big love bye hi friend thank you so much for joining us today i hope you got a lot out of today's episode when we work on our own we can sometimes be in a silo so having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well we love feedback, so if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast, we would love to read your thoughts. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps our podcast to get out to the wider community. And the more that hear what we have to share, we think the better it is. Thanks so much, friend. We'll see you next time. Till then, big love.